Hello and welcome to our global S&OP community weekly podcast Brought to you by Ahmed Khalid and Ahmed Al-Hamamsi from Middle East Our global S&OP community podcast mission is to build a global community from supply chain, marketing, trade marketing, sales and finance all over the world Where everyone's voice could be heard and listened Every week we host a new episode with great thought leader in the S&OP industry. We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could open up the light in the screen of your consciousness and you'll never be the same again. We discuss hot and trending topics with our subject matter experts by asking the right questions that uncover their valuable experience in our show. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.com .co Stay tuned every week with our global S&OP community podcast. And our great thought leader today is Dr. Bob Forche. So, Bob has an over 30 years of experience in the business and supply chain field. He is a well-recognized Apex Master Instructor globally. He teaches uh, CPIM, CSCP, CLTD, and more and more and more. Uh, he is not only just a well-recognized as a trainer, but also I believe that he is a business consultant who is well recognized globally and especially in the Middle East. He is also a, a keynote speaker and supply chain architect. Uh, may I ask you, please, and I, just before even we uh, have these greetings, I do remember one of his uh, amazing quotes. He, uh, he just wrote on his uh, amazing LinkedIn. He has a great say, which is 62% uh, from the CEOs felt that they aligned their strategy. But when it comes to reality, only 17% from their managers agreed on it. And this would be the core of our discussion today. So may I ask you, please, before just introducing Bob Fourchet, let's have some applause for him. Dr. Bob. Very nice. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the great introduction. Thank you. Oh, pleasure. Thank you. And as we said that today we will have a knowledge that we will not find in books because of the lovely experience and extensive experience that you have e either in business and supply chain. So welcome to the show, Dr. Bob. Thank you very much, and I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to have this op uh, time with you. <clears throat> You're right. I have a pretty diverse background. I spent some time in construction in my early years, and then I went into manufacturing in the uh, <laughs> middle 1980s. <clears throat> and uh, in that opportunity, I would started to do teaching, and that's where I realized that there was a lot of opportunity around this concept of sales and operations planning. We didn't always call it that in the early years, but it was a discipline 
and I quickly learned the value of having this kind of a process. And I have kind of a case study that I use kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly and examples of those. <clears throat> you know, I spent some time working with a company that was doing medical x-ray equipment. And we were talking about the stakeholders and why would they want to do something? Because for this company, it was a brand new discussion and mm. they were they were not really too keen on the idea that they first they had to get disciplined about doing something new. They were very independent. You know, the engineering people and the operations people were kind of like always on a different page. <clears throat> and we could see that. And uh, so when we tried to do an SNOP process, it didn't work because we, we were very <laughs> challenged trying to get everyone to talk about what are the goals and objectives of the business. And instead, they're all mm -hmm. talking about the goals and objectives of their individual departments. Functions, yeah. yeah. And the the short story is that after about eight years, that company uh, they had to restate their earnings to the US, to the SEC in the United States, and they actually went out of business not long after that. Oh. They just they they were really struggling because they weren't able to get on the same page, and they they didn't understand the value. Uh, but it came back to leadership, you know, the whole concept of yeah. stakeholders, and so that's uh that's one of the things that I really drive on the conversations when I talk to leadership in business is let's let's understand what are the right objectives. You mentioned one of the quotes that I have out there. Um, when you look at why a senior level uh, person, a C-level person would have a different perspective than a manager perspective. Mm -hmm. We think we're communicating, but very often it's not complete. It's not effective. And if we haven't done the hard work of being structured about an SNLP process, we don't really come to that consensus. We don't really reach the agreement. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where we get all, all diverse. And it really causes a lot of problems. <clears throat> when, we, when we talk about um, why we should do this, uh, having a proactive approach versus a reactive approach, uh, certainly, if COVID has taught us anything in the last year, it's that w there's a lot more risk factors that we're not really able to pin down well. And that is a little bit of a challenge. And so one of the things that SNOP brings to the table is to have a proactive look at what are the risk factors? What are the constraints? Do we need to make an adjustment? Obviously, there's the potential where we might need to uh, revisit a plan. Um, you know, one of the one of the questions you mentioned was uh, talking about new product introductions, and I have this yeah. great story. Mm. When I was in the high tech arena, we did a lot of storage area network devices. We had eight thousand data centers around the world, wow. and we were always known for the large uh, factor equipment. And we were starting to go into one U high equipment, and we were really developing some new technologies. And the, uh, the marketing team came out with an initial forecast of 30,000 units for the first year. And we just went like, what are you talking about? 30, we've never done 30,000 of anything an entire year of all combined products, let alone this brand new technology, 30,000 in the first year. And this is a, a really good example of let's get everybody on the same page. Let's go back and rethink what's the, the parameters here and bringing the stakeholders into the decision making so they all recognize that they can't just throw this wild number out there and not have some accountability mm -hmm. to it.
and as it turned out, that product sold about a thousand the first year. Oh my God. Not, well, not 30,000. <laughs> That's very yeah. high focus accuracy. Oh, but we, uh, this is a clear case where the uh, constrained consensus approach worked very well. A lot of people went back to the marketing people offline and had some pointed conversations and said, mm. here's what we know in our past. Here's what we know about the new technology. Here's what we know about our customers right now. And there's nothing on the radar that would justify 30,000 of anything. So let's go back and rethink this. And they did. And it was, you know, it was a, it was a challenge. And we, I think we came into something that was closer to a thousand, but it took a while to ramp up. Obviously it was a whole new form factor for yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's why true. when, yeah, yeah when it, when it comes back, I think it's all about uh, the collaboration because most organizations, when you, when you go, and it depends also on the maturity, when you go into an organization, you will find that everyone, and one of the biggest pain points, everyone is working in a silo thinking. Everyone is mm. just wor working on uh, an own target, regardless what's happening on the business. But the question that we need to ask ourselves, and this is, as I like what you said, it, it depends on the leadership, because are we going on the right direction or no? And are what, what we're doing today inside our functions is serving the, uh, the bigger picture for the business imperatives, yes or no? The, yeah. This is, this is the, one of the games that most organizations just blinded away from the bigger target. Everyone is working, you know, in a small silo thinking. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a really common problem, and it is something that's not always completely obvious because we get comfortable in our roles in management. We get comfortable in our vision, and we think we're communicating. But as you said, you know, the survey we showed that that clearly is not the case. <clears throat> with with sixty two percent of the C level on the same page, that says, okay, what about the other thirty eight percent? Where are they? This is a this is a, a huge question, right? And when we see that that number doesn't trickle down well to the direct uh, management team, it says, okay, we have some work to do here. And that's where the proactive messaging needs to be a little more understood. Um, it's a challenge because we can get too many people in the conversation and it makes it harder to have the conversation. But I also think that if we don't have visibility to the process, there's a lot of people in support roles. They are stakeholders, but they don't see what's driving the decision making. What no. are the risks? What are the constraints? What are the uh, timelines that we're looking at? You know? <clears throat> so those are some of the things I think that is really important. One of the things that I took away from my years in manufacturing was the, the strength of the leadership, not to micromanage the meeting, but mm -hmm. to make sure that it took place. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I saw this in two companies that was really powerful. Uh, in one company, I was uh, at that point, I was master scheduler. And so I was the one that facilitated the meeting. The, the president of the company chaired the meeting and he would place the expectations about what we were going to get done. And it was very check the boxes, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, very crisp. <clears throat> And so everyone knew pretty quickly that you didn't come unprepared to this meeting or you didn't, you know, you didn't not show up. You couldn't send your number two in your place if they couldn't make a decision because you're going to be accountable for this. Right. 
And he made it very, very clear early on that we needed to be proactive. We were going to come away with one plan of record and we were going to focus on measuring that performance as an organization, mm -hmm. not as silos. He was very instrumental in that. But I've seen other companies where they didn't quite gel. They, they were not able to get the concept of hmm. the corporate objectives as a overarching set of targets. And they would slip right back into the departmental objectives. And then, of course, bad things would happen from that point on. <clears throat> the, yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, I, I think one of the challenges, uh, uh, Bob, as you, I, as you mentioned, is the clarity even from the leadership when the, the leadership, they're not clear about where they want to go or where, where what is their mission, what is their vision, or what are the main business imperatives, everything got lost. And this is the beginning uh, of the firefighting mood and just chasing you know, the short-sighted uh, uh, operations and get overwhelmed and get droned on the operations. And if you think just for a moment, you will think that where are we going? Just we are moving the wheel, but where are we yeah. going? Yeah, yeah, and and I think the sponsorship was, uh, as Bob was saying, the sponsorship from the CEO from the top top level, and making sure that the the this is what I need from the meeting. This is what we need to get from the meeting. This is the outcome of the meeting, and he has to make sure that everyone is attending. Make sure that ev that everything is going to through the agenda. That the timings that we agreed on for the meeting is well, especially in the first five six rounds of. SNOP because we know the rounds of SNOP from demand to supply to executive SNOP to all uh, review meetings to, to to get the to get the result to get the outcome to get people running to get people to understand what how this meetings is important to the organization that is not like I'm um, uh, just doing uh, something to waste to waste time with the organization but it it has a lot of uh, of good uh, good effect on the organization on the inventory levels on reaching the top and bottom line on making sure the cohesiveness of of the organization, collaboration, the discipline, communication, everything. So great points, uh, Dr. Bob, yes. yes. I, I think that's, that is key to the whole process success. You need, you need transparency, you need accountability. And yeah. it, uh, I've had one CEO tell me that he didn't want to do the SNOP because he didn't want just more meetings. Well, he didn't understand what really was accomplishing at the process. So, yes. um, it's, it's not, it's not software at the end of the day. It's a discipline. It's a yeah. approach to doing business. It is, uh, very proactive to understanding where are their constraints. Yeah. <clears throat> How many people today still think that the sales discussion should be limited to just the sales force, right? Ooh. And you know, we, we need input from the supply side early on to say, hey, we're having a blockage in the Suez Canal and it's gonna be three weeks before we can get product. We need to rethink our plan for this next 30 to 60 days, right? <laughs> so having, having these insights is gonna be really important and there's a lot of tools to bring to bear, but you know, looking at uh, container shortages, looking at driver shortages, looking at transportation right hex, <clears throat> we have so many different things that are affecting us right now. I think, I think uh, Apple said because of the chip shortage for 2021, they were talking about a revenue hit of about 3.4 billion dollars yeah. for this year yeah. right no yes okay so you can't just lay out the forecast and say here it is go have fun with it right 
<laughs> that's that's a constrained forecast. You have to deal with the reality that that's a constrained forecast. Anything else would be just pipe dream. So we do need to take into account what's going on in the, in the environment. We need to look at the economics. We need to look at transportation. Um, there's a lot of dynamics right now with things like Taiwan, um, you know, <laughs> Japan, Australia, India, and Vietnam are setting up a new collaboration to see if they can move some of their sourcing out of out of China. Out of China, yeah. These things are starting to have an effect on other players, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we are approaching yeah. the SNOP process, we need to think about this consensus plan right from the beginning and identify the risks. And I think that this is one area that maybe in the past, we probably didn't go quite far enough in terms of risk issues. And there's some things that you're never gonna, you know, people ask me, how would I prevent, how would I prevent the next COVID? You won't predict the next COVID. What you will mm. do is be prepared so that we can build re resiliency as opposed to just reaction. And yeah. so this is the conversation in the SNOP environment is how do we build resiliency based on what we know today, what we think we know about tomorrow in the next 90 days and the next 12 months. I think that's absolutely critical. Is it going to be perfect? No, but that's the that's the foresight of looking forward and looking at the risk analysis. Um, you know, we might have two or three recommendations in the SNOP that we take to the executive meeting at the end of the month. And we say, here's our confidence level about plan A, but we're not very confident because we have we know we have the supply risk and we can go with plan B. And that's a little bit less revenue, but our confidence may be 95% or 98%. So there's a discussion to have now. Which one are we more comfortable with as an organization? <clears throat> and it's having this proactively now allows us to get on the same page. So the outcome is single plan of record. One number, one set of numbers here no. at the end of the day. I think that is really uh, a challenge because it is a conversation. Uh, I think it is... It is um, sometimes learning about the personalities in the room. Sometimes it's learning about the capabilities of the business. Sometimes it's looking deeper. Um, I know I know an SNOP process from years ago where the sales arm was concerned that the factory was shipping product late and they didn't have data. They just had this they just had this feeling that, hey, they're not shipping everything because <laughs> they got customers complaining. Right. So we asked yeah. them, where's the data? And they said, <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, yeah. what we found out when we went back and looked at the sales <laughs> process, it, it turns out that in in Europe, this was in Europe, there was a whole segment of the sales uh, um, company where they didn't have enough sales engineers that it was taking them four to five weeks to get a sales order through the order That's entry and validation strong. process. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't that the forecast wasn't being realized. It, it, was, it was always delayed by about a month, four to five weeks. So the sales numbers were coming, but they were slower Great. than we would expect, right? But when they initially talked about that, they said, well, there must be something wrong with manufacturing. They're not shipping everything we, we think was in the sales force. <laughs> yeah. And so we went back and we hired some more sales engineers and we solved the problem. And six months later, it was just like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, uh, Bob, for this amazing insight. Just coming back to our audience, let's send some greetings for sure. We have our friend uh, Sharmila. 
Just Hi, sending Shermaine. greetings. Thank you for tuning in. Our friend uh, Tonde, greetings from Nigeria. Nigeria. Thank oh, yeah. you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us. Yes, great to see you. Our friend Olga, good afternoon. Hi, Hi Olga. Ecuador. Thank you, Olga, for tuning in. Our friend Nelson, good evening from India. Thank you so much Hello. for tuning in as well, brother. Our friend Muhammad Hefni, uh, good Hello. luck. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in, Muhammad. Our friend Tore uh, Elhami, all the best. Thank you for tuning in. Mahmoud Bari, our great friend. Greetings from Riyadh, all the best. Thank you so much. And our friend Islam is from Egypt. Great event. Thank you so much for tuning in, Islam. Thank you. Our friend Ahmad Ali, hello, great hello, event. Ahmed. Ahmed from Egypt, thank you so much for tuning in. We have lovely friends here. Legia, greetings from Costa Rica. Thank you, thank, <laughs> thank you, you so much for tuning in as well. Shirihan from Egypt, thank you so much for tuning no, in. Shirihan. Shirihan. No. So, Dr. Bob, just a question. I think by based on your uh, years and years of experience, if you have now like a company regardless the the size of the company and they want to uh, implement the s and op how you will be able to take them to through or how you will be able to convince them about having one number and how you collaborate all the functions all together i know it's not an easy mission but based on your experience how you will be able to take this well i that's a great question i i start with having a balanced scorecard first. So we kind of reorient people a little bit further away from departmental objectives and get them focused on high level objectives. And once we mm. set the framework of a balanced scorecard, now we can be very specific about initiatives that need to take place that support the business wide, not just one organization within the business. Yeah. When when we have an SNOP process that is clearly articulated and, and is you've got a you know it's like having a trading journal if you're on the stock market you keep a journal of what was in the meeting what was discussed uh, what were the points that we need to focus on for the next 30 60 90 days and we have a you know a way to look back on our decision process so I think that's really important we learn from that right now we can have a way to measure the performance so we start to think about maybe some different metrics and that's another opportunity to kind of step up above the departmental goals and tie them into the balanced scorecard kind of thinking mm -hmm. i really believe that's one of the best approaches that to help a business to do that um, when we when we look at how those metrics start to take shape we can start to look at things like cash flow not just on time delivery mm -hmm. yeah you know mm -hmm. we're not just uh, working capital but also customer satisfaction mm -hmm. and new product launch how do we incorporate that you know how do we build that into our supply chain capabilities um you know years ago hp used to have a strategy where they would intentionally replace their own products in printers every nine months well when they do that they control the supply chain and the market so for a lot of years, the competition wasn't able to keep up with them. So that allowed them to be very specific what they wanted to do with their production planning. But eventually you reach a change and uh, you have to reevaluate how are we going to compete? Uh, what is our 
our competitive advantage and how do we bake that into our snop conversation so it's it's proactive it's risk Mm -hmm. management gap analysis and uh good accountability i really believe that the 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 balance (laughs) scorecard is a piece of that yeah it's it's lovely just question here and let's let's stress on the accountability and um, (laughs) just curious about your opinion on that thought or if you have this challenge along the way so i believe that we are all human and some somehow we resist because anything or any any new process by default we are human we would somehow resist how you would be able to deal with uh, an executives that would uh, resist somehow to have one number because this will have a conflict with their personal interest for the function how you will mm-hmm. be able to do this how you will be able to convince them about the snop one number well i guess the 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 right answer is you're not going to convince everybody yeah there there's a reality check here yeah uh i've seen a lot of companies even larger companies one had nine business units and the ceo was really struggling to get them all on the same page <laughs> Uh, you know, they're looking at him and saying, I've been financially successful for 15 years. Why should I change? Mm. <laughs> you know, it, it's hard to argue with that. Uh, mm. But when you're talking about going to the next level, that's where you need to go. As it turned out, that organization never did make the leap. They, they never mm. did. Okay. So mm. sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it doesn't I, work. Sometimes the uh, defense mechanism and people, as Ahmed said, they are... Uh, they're struggling to, to change because, as you said, we are working like this and we are successful. Maybe they are growing by like the organic growth of the market, two, three, five percent, and they are satisfied with that. They don't want to be the next uh, like uh, Elon Musk, the next uh, Apple who lead in innovation. <laughs> they're just uh, satisfied with the status quo. And this is uh, when they come after years and years, if someone come and disrupt the market or make something new, they can go out of business. And they, uh, unfortunately, some companies really realize this very late. So I totally, totally, I'm, I'm with you on that totally, yeah. Well, yes. you know, w- one of the examples I use in when I do classes, I talk about planning and I talk about competitive advantage. And this is where we're able to make that come to life. <clears throat> when you look at something like when Netflix came on and Blockbuster went away, Yeah. Uh, you, you know, the SNOP conversation <laughs> is where we should be talking about the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. What should we be looking at? And yeah. they completely missed that, right? They, they just weren't even in the right ballpark. And mm-hmm. so that's the outcome. Not everyone does agree. Not everyone sees the potential. Yeah. They yeah, have so a hard time getting out of their own box sometimes, right? Exactly. Sometimes there is a very short vision. Sometimes I attend SNOP meetings where you are just focusing on the one month, two months ahead three months maximum. <laughs> we don't look at the future at all as if the company is working on two, three months. Yes. And don't, don't talk about, or it's only one slide, just looking at the trend and that's all. No talking about risks, threats, opportunities, anything. We're just uh, running the cycle, the one, three months. And we have, uh, example, we have uh, the COVID, for example. So we cannot forecast and we cannot expect anything that the variance will be very high. So let's focus only on the execution part of uh, <laughs> of the cycle and the the short lead time so that's really also that's a that's a struggle that's i think it's a big struggle 
Well, and it is very adaptable. If you if you have the right leadership, that positions the conversation differently. And then we can mm -hmm. talk about what are the gaps? What do we need to think about? We're, we're, maybe we're a blockbuster today. What should we be thinking about for next year or five years from now? And when we talk about what's going on in e-commerce and we look at things like return rates, and we look at how the whole e-commerce is continuing to, to grow. Um, mm -hmm. Our supply chains have to make some adjustments to deal with that. And yes. if we're not yeah. thinking about those proactively, it will be reactive, right? And reactive is never exactly. fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you, Bob. I think let's come back to our audience. We have our friend Shirian. She sent greetings from Egypt. Hi, Shirian. Thank you, Shirian. Our uh, friend Raymond, good day and good evening. Uh, from, from UK. UK. Thank, you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our lovely friend Shadi Jack is sending his greetings so much for tuning in. Thanks so Shady. much, Shadi, for joining. Our usual friend Diana, <coughs> greetings from Hi, Ireland. Diana from Ireland. Thank, Thank you so much. Our friend Sharmila is sending definitely some people don't like change and this is the reality thank you for <laughs> for getting this i think we have the first question and i'll keep stressing on this so uh, who, uh, to our audience who are listening to us right now feel free to ask any question we'll jump into your question and we'll let uh, uh, our thought leader dr bob just answer the lovely question that you have so the question that we have right now from ahmad kasub he said that what got you here may not you take may not take you there uh, what Bob think about this? Well, I think that's a great question. And I think it's a very important question because that's exactly how SNOP helps us. When we go through time, our business changes, our customers change, uh, you know, the, the environment right now with the transportation, uh, really big changes going on there, technology, you should expect that things are not going to be the same six months or a year from now and and maybe quite different two years from now. And that's one of the things I really like about SNOP because it, it gives you the opportunity to put specific items on the agenda to look at mm -hmm. risk, to look at opportunity, to think about how does this potentially affect us, right? Um, any company sourcing in China or the Southeast Asia in general right now, there's a lot of uncertainty going on right there. So in the meantime, we have a lot of U.S. companies who are thinking about reshoring. Well, those are two really different conversations. And so inside those organizations, they're going to have to have very pointed conversations about what would help us meet our objectives, what would reduce our overall risk. What would allow us to uh, change the way we uh, make our decisions to help us in a different way? <clears throat> Sometimes it's education. Um, SNOP is not going to be the same thing all the time. Um, I had a situation in uh, the flow meter business many years ago where we had two stainless steel suppliers, 316L stainless steel, and it was very high quality extruded stainless steel tubing. We had one in the US and one in Japan. And we were mm -hmm. very religious about doing our SNOP every month. And so we knew exactly where we were in terms of progress, profitability, cash flow. Um, it was 
early in the year, we got a phone call from the supplier in Japan, and they said, we just had an earthquake. We're going to be down for nine oh. months. Oh. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't recover from that kind of thing really quickly. But we yeah. had the SNOP process, and so we went into an emergency meeting. We said, here's what we know. Here's what we think we know. Where's the risk? Where's their knowns? Can we move ahead on things we can build now and build ahead of time and then later when this supplier comes back online we can go back and build what they supply us we had a campaign to reach out to all of our customers uh b2b business uh, it was a quite an effort but because we had the snop process it was achievable we had a clear roadmap. we had a clear plan where everyone was on the same page and of course, we would update it every 30 to 60 days, see if we're making progress, if there's any new problems. And there was hiccups along the way, but it worked. And at the end of that year, we we made our full revenue at the end of that year. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah. That was a great challenge. It's very good, of course, that uh, you managed it was a little, to... <laughs> it was a little painful, yeah. but it was it was not reactionary. It was we we all these pieces of information were already known to us in terms of suppliers yeah. and volumes and so we could make some pretty pointed decisions right away and it worked yeah and this is the aim for from s and op just balancing demand and supply and make sure that the information the flow of information is a real time and you can take the right or appropriate appropriate actions on time just waiting instead Very of waiting for awesome. a long time yeah, yeah. This is this is the aim from the SNOP. Yes, we have yeah. an, another question. Sure, sure, go, okay. go, Doctor. You can go ahead. Go. I was just going to say this is the this is exactly why having single plan of record is so critical. You don't want somebody deviating at the last minute. So it's absolutely vital that we're all understanding what's the yeah. status, what's the objective, and what's our our plan going forward. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Bob. We have our friend uh, Raymond. He's saying that another great session with Thank the you. ongoing impact. Thank you so much. With the ongoing impact to the global supply chain, can S and OP still manage just in case in parallel with uh, just in time? Yeah, this is an interesting question because it, it's as much about the supply capability as it is the planning and I would say you'd have to look at different supply chains independently. Um, there's going to be some that is more just in case because there are more unknowns and that's part of the risk analysis. <clears throat> and at, at the end of the day, I think some of those are not always comfortable decisions, but we take a, we take a decision based on what we know today. It might change in 30 days and we can make an adjustment. Yeah. Um, just in time is still um important but we have to understand where the potential disruptions can come from and that might change the strategy do we source from china or do we source somewhere a little closer there's Mm -hmm. real potential for understanding that a different answer might be the right answer okay landed cost is certainly a part of it but now we're talking about redesigning the supply chain to reduce our risk and that's part of the outcome of SNOP, but I think it's a research that happens uh, in parallel to SNOP. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Thank you. The, just a question. Uh, 
what are the, the who are I would say who are the key stakeholders inside the, the S and OP? Uh, who are the demand? What do you think? Because uh, we we heard many just opinions about uh, the levels in the hierarchy. Uh, should be the CEO, should be the executives only. Uh, based on your experience, who are the key stakeholders or the steering committee just to drive the right actions inside the SNOP? Well, I completely believe that the stakeholders start with the C-level people. That has to be where the process is enabled and put into place on a regular basis. There has to be a, a rhythm to it, has to be a cadence to it. There has mm. to be an expectation that we are going to do this and we're going to measure our performance and we're going to respond to those measures as an organization. <clears throat> but there's a second level stakeholder tier two, which are the people that have all the detail. So the C level is not going to have a report with all the different items involved. That's going to be, you know, the different sales side, the different supply side. So there's going to be a lot of detail that goes into that conversation. And then you bring in the finance to, to mm -hmm. validate the financial piece to it as well. Right. So I think you got basically two levels there, your C mm -hmm. level, and then your, your management layer in terms of uh, sales management, sales demand, and then sales operations and, um, uh, you probably depend on your business. You may have a more or less of a factor of new product introduction. You know, that's a, could be a separate activity, could be baked into the operations. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Uh, one, I think also this is one of the, I would say, vague discussion and vague question, which is what is the role of technology? Uh, inside the S and OP, and how also it shapes the decisions, based on your experience. I I use a acronym PPT, People, Process, and Technology, in that order. Okay. Yes. yes. I think it's very important to focus on the people first. That's how we get work done, and the process has to be standard. You know, I'm a I'm a big lean proponent, so standard workflow. Mm have it be the same conversation, the same touch points, the same metrics. And so people in process and technology mm. can be a third player at the table. Um, I believe that this is changing as we speak, where we have a lot more AI now than we did even just two years mm. ago. So that is putting a whole different dynamic around the demand management, the, the, the demand planning activities, and I think that's going to continue to drive more of an effect on the SNOP process. The challenge is when you're in a meeting and the CEO says, so how did you arrive at that answer? You know, yeah. if, it go, if it goes in a black box and you don't know how you came out the answer, then it's going to be hard to hard to communicate that. Right. So this is this is, I think, our, our challenge in the SNOP conversation is let's keep it simple enough and that we can understand it, we can articulate it, and we can make adjustments where we need to. Uh, I don't have personal experience with AI, but I know a lot of companies are really starting to dig in and take advantage of it. And I think that's where technology is gonna become a lot bigger part of this conversation. And probably over the next two to three years, we're gonna see that start to formalize. 
Mm-hmm. Great answer, Bob. I totally agree with you. Like 60-70%, I always say, of the success of S&P people and people opening their minds and agreeing on one number, consensus, collaboration, the clear communication between people and the robust process to be in. Uh, like you said, the process has to be uh, defined, well-defined, uh, like racy chart, who is responsible for everything, who's accountable. And, uh, and of course, as we said, the sponsorship of, of top management. Technology is just an enabler because always I hear people here, we got you the technology of, for example, whatever. <laughs> uh, we expect everything to go ahead. The technology is there. So why we are not succeeding? And you find people telling you you got you the technology, for example, if you are responsible for the whole process to, to, to work out. So if you got the technology and you can get like a statistical forecast, we expect everything to go uh, uh, correct. But no, that's, that, that's not uh, the right way. So I'm totally with you on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think technology is one of those things. Be careful what you ask for, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we have, uh, I think, another question from our friend, Ahmad Qasim, he is asking, managing our uh, working capital versus the current challenges in supply chain and disturbance worldwide. So what is your opinion about uh, that, uh, Bob? So this kind of comes back to the topic earlier where we are maybe thinking about redesigning our supply chain strategy. Uh, I think we are going to see more of this driving a change to our sourcing strategies. Maybe finding a local supplier might cost us more on the unit price, but might have lower landed costs and lower risk in terms of continuity of supply. Um, when you talk about purchasing decisions, you don't often hear that term continuity of supply. And so I think this is this is something that I think is going to get a lot more attention over the next few years. Uh, as the As the world becomes more dynamic, we're going to find supply chains shifting faster. Um, We're learning how to do that now. Uh, Over the last year, a lot of supply chains have had to make some pretty abrupt changes. And I think that's going to be the the key piece of it is uh, we need to really look at where is the inventory, what's the lead time, what's our ability to service our customer. And that might mean we have a different strategy on sourcing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. So again, the, the, the question that uh, we have right now, uh, what is your uh, point of view? What's your experience if we need to? Because I think this is a struggle also from a companies, especially inside the S&OP, the agility of supply chain. I think when, it, when we speak about the time to market or even to volume, it, it, it takes longer time to have like a new product introduction from an idea phase to a deployment phase. So how can you help uh, the companies or uh, organizations to reduce the whole number? Because I believe that with the status quo that we have and the competition that we have in the marketplace, it doesn't give you like a space to not innovate on the, or just have a new product, uh, product launch. So how you can shrink all of this time and how can you convince a companies just to be agile? Because the easiest way saying that, no, we ha- we should have a specific portfolio in our products and we shouldn't be out of it. So what's your view on this? When you look at how you do supply chain management, there 
are certainly some things that are maybe obvious and other things that may not always be obvious. If you look at sourcing strategies as a key element, how do we want to drive the, the procurement processes and where do we do business and how far out do we have to manage that, that supply? I think mm-hmm. as we look at different approaches, there's a lot of case studies that show us we need to... Be careful about when we make a change. Do we understand that change completely? Um, You know, a few years ago, Boeing aircraft did the 787 Dreamliner. They had years and years and years of experience where they did the design and development work. They understood the time it took to get to market. They understood that it was about, uh, what was the number? I think it was about, $12 billion to get a plane to market. Okay. Mm -hmm. And new people came into the organization and they wanted to change the approach. And they said, let's just outsource all of this top level assembly work. We're going to go pick 50 suppliers and have every one of those do the development and do the manufacturing and then deliver it to us. And then we'll just assemble them when we get to the Boeing factory. Well, Mm. (laughs) sounds good on paper, but they basically said, engineering people, we don't need you anymore. And in the meantime, in the meantime, yes. all the procurement people, they were, they were trained in purchasing management, not in new product development. They were not trained in tier one uh, contract manufacturing to do development work. And it failed miserably. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. you look at what happened, uh, the, the first three airplanes where they delivered parts to put together, none of them would fit. They had to scrap $10 million worth of, of product. They couldn't make it work. Mm-hmm. Of, the 50, of the 50 tier one suppliers that were involved in that, one of them was so bad, Boeing had to go and buy them outright to regain control of their launch process. <clears throat> so oh. the, the message here mm-hmm. is every industry is a little bit different. And you have to focus on core competency and outsourcing. If you understand it and it's your core competency to outsource and your supplier has core competency in doing the capability of what you need, then that's probably okay. But when you make a a big shift like Boeing did here, they were not prepared and ended up costing them like three extra years and 20 billion instead of 12 billion. So that was a, a, a really example. big miss, right? Yeah, it's, it's a tough example, but it's a great example. Thank you for for sharing that, uh, that Bob, yes. Uh, the technology, I, I keep saying that, as you said, that the competitive advantage that you should have and the competency, you shouldn't outsource it at all because you put all your business plans and the, your, your business continuity plans along with it, it will be at a higher risk. And this is this is the game. If you keep it, it could be leaked, it could be stolen, it could be it could be it could be under total risk. That's why keeping all of this, it will be it will drive the, the company to their uh, just the sustainability even in in the marketplace. I Mr. So. Bob, just yeah. Again, I would like to thank you for your lovely insights and yeah. the amazing values. I think Thanks. that yeah, we have you have thousands of stories and we need to hear for your stories and your experience and we hope that we could have another episode 
would like to thank you for your valuable insights again and valuable knowledge. Again, as we, we said, that it's a knowledge that you will not find in books. So we'd like to thank you again for your lovely insights and amazing values. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for this time. And uh, hopefully your listeners are all going to be able to have a, a little value takeaway that they can put to use. Thank you. I think Thank so, you so, yeah. Much. Thank you for all the audience and all uh, the people who joined us uh, today. Yeah. Thank you. Thank sir. you, guys. Excellent. Hopefully that we can have another episode. Thank you again. Okay. Have a great night. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our Global S&OP Community Podcast. We hope that you have absorbed some values from this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be notified every week with the new episode. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.co or ahmedkhaled.co We believe that one word, one story or one conversation could transform your life. Stay tuned next week with a great thought leader in S&OP. Have a wonderful week ahead.